You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, but I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We're getting you set for Week 18. I got my Stardom Sit'em column up, the Decider, mini rankings, and hybrid of that with the Start-Sit advice here based on the matchups and other factors that's up here for the final week of the regular season. We'll keep it going throughout the playoffs here, breaking down the games for you, but we do have to navigate through another full slate here in week number 18, so we'll do that in depth here for you for the first half of games. We have two Saturday games, then we'll get into six of the Sunday games, then we'll do the back half. No Monday Night Football this week. In the final week of the season, we have eight Sunday games on the back end all the way through Sunday Night Football, the very important game between the Chargers and Raiders, so we'll Get to the back end of games on Thursday's show. We'll do the front end here on Matchup Wednesday as we usually do. So our final full slate to break down for you begins today. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. All right, let's uh, dive into the Saturday games first. We'll knock those out of the way. Then we'll get into 6 of the early afternoon, 1 p.m. Eastern Time kickoffs there. For you on Sunday, Chiefs-Broncos is the appetizer there on ESPN. Ten and a half point favorites the Chiefs are. The Broncos uh, and Chiefs at a 44 and a half over under this one. Now, the Chiefs destroyed the Broncos in the first meeting. It was a Sunday night affair, so they play in a different type of prime time slot, slot here to 4.30 of the afternoon there. So let's look at Kansas City still playing for that number one seed. Want to put pressure on the Titans. Highly unlikely Tennessee loses to Houston a second time. This time as heavy favorites on Sunday. But the Chiefs will still be motivated. They don't know that result. So the Chiefs uh, will play their regulars here. So Patrick Mahomes is in there. But got a temporary expectations. He's become a 250-2 type high floor quarterback versus a high ceiling quarterback. And part of it is the Chiefs defense usually destroys matchups like this. And... Uh, the Broncos just are really in a shell offensively at this point. Lost two games in ugly fashion to the other teams in the division, the Raiders and Chargers. So this should make it a clean sweep to end the year for Denver and Drew Locke. That's not a coincidence that Drew Locke has been the starting quarterback. We'll see about Teddy Bridgewater here. Drew Locke did come out of the game briefly against the Chargers last week. And Bridgewater could return. They just need to blow this whole quarterback situation up. The wide receivers have been non-existent. No offense is really the only way you can go with the Broncos. So let's quickly get down to the Broncos. It's Javonta Williams and Melvin Gordon as RB2 slash flexes, although they've done nothing the past two weeks. So Williams does have a touchdown from the Raiders game, and that was clearly off a turnover there late in that game. So not a lot to see there. They're dragging down these guys with the no work in the passing game, but the matchup does say... Go with Gordon and Williams in their usual split to have one more strong game here. This is probably Melvin Gordon's last game here as a member of the Broncos. So Javonta Williams should be a high-end RB1 with great appeal next year for sure. We also figure Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer's coaching staff will be gone along with Gordon. So that also opens things up there for 
Williams to be a very productive here. But Williams, Gordon, usable here. You also look at Noah Fant, did come through last week with Lockett quarterback. The wide receivers have just disappeared. You really can't trust anything else. So Fant and the running backs, also the, by the numbers, the matchup says that's where you want to go in this game and avoid everything else with Denver, including its defense. Now, for Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, as we said, you got to play him if you're looking at him here in week 18. He's been your guy. He's pretty steady. Daryl Williams really came on strong last week, filling in for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He had a couple touchdowns. Derek Gore also looked good, but Williams seems to get the key touches, whether it's catching the ball and uh, racking up uh, receptions that way or finishing in the red zone. So Daryl Williams is the preferred sub. We know that for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He did it early this season. He's doing it here late in the season as well. I don't think they'll risk Edwards-Alaire, especially the way that Williams played last week there against the Bengals. Elsewhere, Travis Kelsey, hopefully he'll have a rebound game. He did score last week, but didn't do all that much more. Same thing with Tyreek Hill. He's had very two quiet games here, but this is a chance for Hill to get going as well. So I think they'll tune up their offense quite a bit here in the past game, get their principles going. So Hill locks in, still as a wide receiver one. Kelsey's a high-end tight end one on this board. Mahomes will be fine. Darrell Williams is the play. You really can't extend to Derek Gore in this one in the Chiefs defense. Is also uh, a good play here, a good stack in DFS with Daryl Williams for this game. Is uh, They should blow them out. Ten and a half is the spread. I think the Chiefs will take care of business here on the road. In Denver, Patrick Mahomes absolutely owns the Broncos. Remember, his first start was in the season finale in 2017 in Denver and really uh, broke out then, and the, this is what is going to continue to build here on Saturday. Cowboys-Eagles, now I'm a little back and forth on what the Cowboys are going to do. They say they're going to play their starters, but that doesn't mean much because they could just get in a series, a warm-up grouping there for Dak Prescott here with uh, their main wide receivers. But everyone's had a few injury issues this season. Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, we know for sure. Zeke Elliott playing through the knee issue. Tony Pollard returning from a foot injury that, that cost him one game here. They're going to be careful. There's no way they should risk a lot here, and I think it's not a very good decision by Mike McCarthy and his coaching staff to go in that direction because I don't think it's reasonable the Cowboys are going to move much at all. Like It's a long shot for them to move up to the number two seed because it would require both the Rams and Buccaneers losing and the Cowboys winning. So too many factors there as they fall in a game behind. I think the Cardinals game cost them that. Now I need to see them pick up the pieces and just say, look, we can't risk injury here knowing that we had a quarterback that's coming off a major injury, had a shoulder injury earlier here. So I think they're going to be more careful than you would think. The Eagles also are going to be careful. They also have some people on the COVID-19 list. So really a game I would like to avoid as much as possible in DFS circles. So if you're going for Saturday, it's fine because you don't have to worry about the main slate here. You can focus on the Chiefs-Broncos game and completely avoid this. Uh, season long, I can't recommend Dak or Mari Cooper or C.D. Lamb. There, uh, Michael Gallup down for the season with the torn ACL. The guy that I think is going to play regardless is Cedric Wilson. So he's got to play in there in three receiver sets. We've seen him fill in for Gallup before in those situations. And if they are careful with Cooper and Lamb, he should see quite a few targets here. I think they'll also be careful with Cooper Rush and maybe put him in there after Dak Prescott gets a series. So a lot of ambiguity over exactly what Dallas is going to do under McCarthy. Again, playing starters, not resting players. There's a fine line between that because, again, technically who gets to start and who stays in the game is different. And I get it. The Cowboys want to put pressure. I think they can see the Rams potentially losing 
But again, it doesn't really matter much if you go from number four to number three because it still means you're going to have one home game most likely in the playoffs. Uh, it's a different story if you move up to two, but I don't expect uh, the Buccaneers to also lose. They're playing the Panthers at home. So keep all that in mind. The Cowboys, I think, are going to be careful with their players because they want to win a playoff game. And after the Cardinals lost last week, the number one is no longer in reach for them. So we'll watch for Dallas does, but I'm going to try to avoid Dallas as much as possible. Now, watch out for Corey Clement leading this team in carries and gets an Eagles defense that's certainly going to rest Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Crocs and, and all these guys that are there on the second level. They're not going to take any chances. Why should the Eagles? They can move up to six, maybe, but that's not worth it here for them. So they're definitely resting. The Cowboys are on the fence about it. So for the Eagles, that means Gardner Minshew. I wouldn't go in that direction. Dallas Goddard's been on the COVID-19 list, so I think they'll be careful with him. We know that Jordan Howard and Boston Scott are on the COVID-19 list, and Miles Sanders out with that hand fracture. So that would point to Kenneth Gainwell. And the difference between Clement, the former Eagle, and Gainwell is that we've seen Gainwell get good touches here for the Eagles before. Early in the season, they used him a lot. with a change of pace in the pass game. Then they went run heavy and didn't use him as much there, that capacity. But Gainwell is very talented and could have success here. So we'll watch that Eagles backfield. So... Gainwell's where I'm thinking about. I think they'll also play Devonta Smith. They need to get the rookie a few more reps here. Maybe get a break without Trayvon Diggs and Michael Parsons seeing regular duty in this one. But that's why we don't play fantasy football into Week 18. Situations like this where there's ambiguity about teams resting players, at least on the Philadelphia side. They're pretty transparent about that. I think Dallas is a bit in between there and what they want to do, and that's never good to invest in fantasy football. But obviously... Uh, just try to get some information on Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper and C. Lamb. If, if they do start, are they playing for the whole game? If they don't start, it's a little bit easier if they, you know they're rolled out for sure. So a lot of things to watch there. But regardless, I do like uh, Cedric Wilson here. I think he's the safest play among the three wide receivers for his usage in this game. Ellie and Pollard kind of split the difference. I think you could see more Clement than usual this week. So keep all that in mind. And the Eagles, pretty easy to predict. They're going to go with their healthiest guys and right now. Looks like Gainwell is going to play for sure, and I think the fellow rookie Smith should get uh, some key work in here. Just because, again, you don't want to go completely rusty into the playoffs. The Eagles uh, do have some banged-up players, however, so they got to balance that. So two teams figuring that out, and two situations we want to avoid as much as possible in fantasy football. All right, we will get into uh, three more games here in our next segment, and then we'll finish with three more. So we'll get to eight by it's all said and done here on Matchup Wednesday for you, the front half of games, and then we turn to the back half uh, there, and we'll get the rest of the games there for you on Matchup Thursday. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If you're getting fit and getting healthier, you need to make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to taste and eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three of the new year, you might be saying, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars got you covered there because they're covered in 100% chocolate. Most of Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which has usually around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea from the year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving snack or treat, 
You can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Bilt Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from at Bilt Bar. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Bilt is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Bilt.com often to see what's new. Go to Bilt.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Alright, time to continue the show and look at three more games from the schedule. Before we do that, I have to remind you, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. Alright, uh, our next game we'll go to, this is a team we know is resting players, the Packers. They're playing at the Lions. They're two and a half point favorites. The over-under is 43, but Jordan Love is going to get the start. You figure that uh, also Aaron Jones is going to sit. Also, probably A.J. Dillon. At least Patrick Taylor. So you're going to have an offense of Jordan Love, Patrick Taylor, probably not Devontae Adams, but you figure they'll play Alan Lazard and Equinemius St. Brown. And, of course, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They'll have to put up someone out there with Jordan Love to play a game and so keep it somewhat competitive against the Lions. And the funny thing is the Packers with their backups can keep, keep it right there with Detroit because Detroit is probably going to look at Tim Boyle, the former Packers, starting against uh, Love this week. So... Jordan Love I do like. I think he's going to put up some numbers here. I think he got a little bit more confidence playing beyond Rodgers the last week. So he did get that start in Kansas City. It was a tough, uh, cold start to figure out because, again, it was on short notice here. He's been prepped to start all week. So Aaron Rodgers is going to sit with the toe. Aaron Jones probably going to sit with the knee. A.J. Dillon, he's too part, too key part of this offense to be out there. Adams, absolutely not here for the Packers. So, again, we'll see. How it plays out, but Lazard could be the leading receiver here. Taylor gets a lot of work in the running game. The Lions have been destroyed in run defense here of late. So, again, uh, I like uh, Patrick Taylor a lot here in DFS. Really cheap bargain play. And we've got to assume, again, they're going to be careful with Jones and Dillon. Jordan Love, a back-end QB1 with uh, some of the work he can do with the receivers. The matchup is just too good to ignore that. I'm not going to play the Packers' defense, however. Even with Boyle starting lines, they're putting up some points here of late. And uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, Equinamis' brother there, has really come on strong for the Lions. DeAndre Swift also should be closer to full strength from a shoulder injury. So I like Swift a lot as an RB2. I like Amon Ross St. Brown almost as a wide receiver one. That's the type of numbers he put, he's put up the past three weeks. So uh, I, that's, you got to feel confident in him. It's kept up, and it's actually improved here with Boyle in there for uh, Jared Goff. So keep that in mind. But stick with your principles there. And Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver 2-1 borderline. Swift to RB2, RB1 borderline with his usage. He'll get the more regular usage over Jamal Williams. I'm not going to extend there. Lions defense, even with the Packers backups, I'm not going there this week. Yeah, so stick to uh, Swift and St. Brown here for... Detroit in this one that Tim Boyle can also put up some sneaky numbers as well if he starts here because Packers also will play it uh, safe with some of their banged up secondary folks and they're probably not going to rush Jagger Alexander back either so that opens things up quite a bit for Detroit's offense in this one for its principles to be productive but the Packers are more sleepers here with all their backups the Lions uh, upgrade all around here which would have already been an intriguing matchup had the Packers been on regular strength with their defense. 
All right, let's go Bears-Vikings. I do like the Lions to win that game. Here's another uh, matchup. It's all divisional matchups here. We know that in Week 18, the final week of the season. Bears-Vikings is the other one from the NFC North. Uh, the Vikings are 2.5 home favorites here, 44.5 is the over-under. Kirk Cousins, even with uh, his status with the vaccination, should be in line to start again. He was brutal to watch Sean Mannion. He did his best with a strong arm, did get a touchdown to K.J. Osborne, but really dragged down Justin Jefferson last week. You want Jefferson to get going again. It was actually a pretty modest performance when these teams met on Monday night in Chicago, but the weather and the elements were there. There's going to be none of that here in this rematch here. Both playing for pride here. It's been a trying year for Matt Nagy and Mike Zimmer. Their players are going to play hard here in this final one. The Bears on a two-game winning streak, by the way, as well. So for the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, assuming Kirk Cousins comes back, bounces back his wide receiver one. K.J. Osborne keeps operating like a poor man's Adam Thielen, so wide receiver two, three, borderline. Not going with Tyler Conklin. I think it's also going to be a big rebound game for Dalvin Cook. The Bears did give up some uh, big numbers to Rashad Penny a couple of year, weeks ago. And uh, Saquon Barkley went over the century mark against Chicago as well. So Dalvin Cook should rebound big time here as an RB1. They're not going to extend Alexander Madison. But Jefferson and Osborne and Cook are where you're going to go. And no Conklin here. And uh, Cousins at home should also rebound and got the rest last week. And the Bears secondary pretty messy there overall. So all your principles for the Vikings will come through with Osborne in for Thielen. For the Bears, your principal is David Montgomery and then Darnell Mooney. So the Montgomery and Mooney show should continue here with Andy Dalton, probably starting again at quarterback. I wouldn't imagine they want to play Justin Fields with the ankle injury. Yeah, they could look and take one more look at him, but Matt Nagy and his coaching staff may not be the staff attached to Fields uh, next year. So Again, why risk Fields? He's the future of your franchise. He's battling an ankle injury. I think they'll be pressured to start Andy Dalton here in the finale. Good news for Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins. This game's not in prime time. So at the 1 p.m. Eastern time window, it gives them a nice chance to produce back and forth in this one for sure. So Andy Dalton, a bit of a streamer this week as well. When you look at Mooney, last game probably for Allen Robinson as a Bears. He's a free agent to be. You've got the other weapons there, Cole Komet. And everyone can help, uh, and then Montgomery out of the backfield. So Dalton, a sneaky uh, tournament play, the way that uh, Jordan Love is as well here this week. It's just so cheap and filling in with some pretty good weapons in good matchups this week on the road in a controlled environment. That's also important. Detroit, Minnesota, no issues there with the weather and all that. The next game is Colts-Jaguars. The Colts know what they need to do. They need to beat the Jaguars. They're probably looking at missing the playoffs here. The Steelers are playing the Ravens, so that puts pressure on both of these teams. Or Colts and Jaguars. Jaguars trying to save face here. Colts, uh, 15.5 point favorites on the road. 44 is the over-under. The Jaguars looked absolutely awful last week against the Patriots. I think the Colts' defense will do a number on Trevor Lawrence. Play that shell zone and get after him. That offensive line was really in shambles last week with COVID-19. They're ravaging it. So Jaguars have nowhere to go but up in front of Lawrence. But Lawrence did have a touchdown pass last week, ending a four-game drought. I'm not feeling too much production here from anything in the Jaguars offense. So avoid Darrell Munwale, Laquan Treadwell, Marvin Jones Jr. We know James O'Shaughnessy is battling that hip injury, so he may not play another game here. So Sit every Jaguar that you can think of with the Colts. It's a Jonathan Taylor destruction spot here. The Jaguars are terrible against the run. Got absolutely manhandled by the combination of Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots last week. So maybe some residual production for Naeem Hines, but Jonathan Taylor should just be ridden this one. That's why I don't love Carson Wentz. I think he can get a touchdown pass in this game, but I don't, 
or two, but I think the volume is going to be pretty low here. Michael Pittman Jr., also a good rebound spot for him after facing KC Hayward a lot last week and the Raiders, so keep that in mind. So good uh, rebound here for Michael Pittman as he finishes the season strong. Now with the tight end with Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox around, it's hard to trust either one of them in this committee approach, especially when they can mix in Kylan Granson at that position. So T.Y. Hilton also not going to extend to him. So your principles for the Colts are pretty much Taylor and Pittman, and they both could have a big yardage games in this one against the Jaguars and Hines if you're desperate in deeper leagues not necessarily PPR you could get some production here following up or supporting Taylor in this game 44 is the over under but Colts should be doing most of the scoring and most doing most of the damage on the ground save for Pittman having some key catches there for them all right we need, still need to break down three more games here on matchup Wednesday and that means a matchup Thursday is still on deck for tomorrow. Hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny Iyer with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about it. It's called GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents per every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay fuel, full price of the pump anymore. Don't pay full fuel price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and just Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back in your first tank. Some people drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash it anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's the promo code TOUCHDOWN at GetUpside. All right, it is uh, time to close the show here, looking at three more of the early side matchups of Week 18 for you. And Titans-Texans, that's your little tongue twister. Titans-Texans tongue twister, 10.5 is the spread in favor of the Titans. The Titans looked bad in the first matchup against this team. They should rebound big time. 43 is the over-under. Titans running game, that's where you go start and finish here. Dante Foreman going downhill, looking great. Dontrell Hilliard. Also producing well. So they've had two big games together operating against the Dolphins and earlier in the season against the Patriots in a losing cause. Here they should win, run all over the Texans. They're going to be relentless running the ball because they still don't have a lot of explosiveness in the passing game. I think you'll get some early as A.J. Brown makes a big player too to help them get to the lead in this one with Ryan Tannehill. So grindy game for Tannehill. I still think he can end up with multiple touchdowns, especially if they involve Brown. Did connect, reconnect with the tight ends. We know he's always a threat to score a rushing touchdown. So I'm looking at around 200 passing yards and a couple scores, plus a little bit of rushing production. So if you think you can use that from Tannehill, then you should uh, consider him in your lineups this week. But John, we saw Jonathan Taylor in that matchup for the Colts. This is also a great matchup for Foreman and Hilliard to really go off in this game. The Texans have been absolutely horrible against the run in their games against the Chargers and 49ers in back-to-back weeks. So... Titans are not going to shy away from it. Keep running, running. So Tannehill can produce, as usual, some big plays off that running, and that's why I like him in this week. And a lot of scoring is going to be on the Titans. Though with the Texans, can't start Davis Mills, but you can look at uh, Brandon Cooks. He's their source of production. You can't start Rex Burkhead either. The Titans are very tight and strong against the run. So Brandon Cooks has been your Texan that you can play wire to wire and feel pretty good about in fantasy. Everything else is a bit of a dice roll, and keep, even with uh, Rex Burkhead a couple weeks ago against the Chargers. So Again, nothing to see with the Texans. Start the Titans. Main ones uh, don't ex- 
stand too much. Uh, you have uh, Anthony Ferkser and Jeff Swain in the tight end by committee. You're not getting much from any other wide receiver not named A.J. Brown for Tennessee. Washington football team, going to have a new name on February 2nd for now. They're called the football team. They're six and a half point favorites at the Giants. The Giants are not going to be with Mike Lennon in this one. So they've done with him. So Jake Fromm in here. So Mike Lennon and uh, no Daniel Jones. So it's pretty ugly. I love Washington football team's defense. Let's see starts at running back for them. Antonio Gibson was hard to tell. He was on the COVID-19 list. That's why he didn't play against the Eagles. But he also dealt with a hip injury. That's his third key nagging injury this year. So I think they could keep Jared Patterson in the lineup. The rookie from Buffalo did look really good against the Eagles last week. The Giants really just wilting all around here. So that should be good for all your principals for Washington. Uh, right now, those are uh, whoever's running, Patterson or Gibson. Terry McLaurin at wide receiver. It's been a long time since Terry McLaurin put in the nice wide receiver two game. I think it may come here against this Giants secondary. And don't forget about John Bates. He's now your starting tight end. We've lost Logan Thomas. We lost uh, Ricky Seals-Jones last week. The Giants have given up quite a bit to the tight end now. Allowed uh, some downfield plays there for the Bears and the Eagles the past two weeks. So, yeah. So that's where you look at if you're desperate, you can do a lot worse than John Bates at tight end here in Week 18. That's why we avoid Week 18 to avoid playing players like John Bates. For the Giants, you're starting Saquon Barkley. Nothing to see here with the receiving core. A lot of injuries building up there. Evan Ingram, impossible to trust. Nothing with the defense. Not going there. I think that the Washington football team will have plenty of success offensively, and the Giants will be unplayable in this one. Our final matchup pits the Steelers against the Ravens. Let's see what I did there. Pits. The Steelers and Ravens still alive in the hunt here for the playoffs. we got to see how it's going here between the, these two teams here. The Ravens are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Kind of a surprise spread there. I think there's a feeling that Lamar Jackson could be back this week, and that is probably responsible for that number. But when you look at uh, Pittsburgh, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, I think you'll have one final good game here. The Ravens cannot cover Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson. They have to blitz to put pressure on the quarterback, so that helps the Steelers' offensive line a little bit as well. So the Steelers and Ravens are going to keep this competitive, and I think it's going to be a pretty good overall game between the two here. So I do like uh, uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore to be somewhat competitive with each other. They do have something on the line here. They're going to be scoreboard watching a little bit with the Colts-Jaguars game. We know that. So overall, a good shape here for Pittsburgh and Baltimore to start your principal. So Ben Roethlisberger, backhand sneaky QB, won this week. I think he won't let them down in this final, final game here. He had the home game last week. You also have uh, Johnson, just as consistent can be as a wide receiver two. This is a good week to activate Chase Claypool as a wide receiver three. Najee Harris coming off a smash game against the Browns on Monday night. He's locked in and loaded. Uh, he's been a nice RB2 with RB1 upside all season long as expected as a rookie workhorse for Pittsburgh. You can also look at the Steelers' defense to continue uh, T.J. Watt in the onslaught there of his uh, sack record there for the Steelers. So a lot of good stuff to watch there with uh, Pittsburgh and uh, a lot of motivation here as long as that Colts-Jaguars game is a little bit uh, in doubt here. That's going to help uh, the Steelers uh, and Ravens uh, both play hard in this one. Now on the other side of things, uh, Lamar Jackson will see him or Tyler Huntley, not a bad start here. The running gives them a high floor. We talked about that here. Lamar has a good chance to return as well, end the season on a high note. I know it's been disappointing, but there are a lot of injuries that really happen. And really where you can point to are the offensive backfield and defensive backfield and then the offensive line have really hurt Baltimore. They've grinded to stay in games. They're going to regret how those games ended against the 
Packers and Rams so close in those games that uh, might have uh, changed the outcome and the Ravens could be a playoff team right about now. But I think they've overachieved to get to this point here. So not going to play Marquise Brown. He's totally faded for the offense. Not going to play Rashad Bateman. Whether it's Huntley or Jackson, they're going to really target Mark Andrews. Again, big, big season for Mark Andrews. And we knew this could be the case if they didn't trust Brown and Bateman as much there and didn't want to open things up. But Andrews has just had big week after big week with Huntley in there and that game with Josh Johnson as well. And it was they're really getting it done with Jackson's in there. But he's the main guy. Not going to look at the other receivers here. It's more by committee at this point. Despite Brown's hot start, he's just really faded here pretty quickly. I like Devonta Freeman. The Steelers' run defense is pretty bad. I know they looked okay against Nick Chubb, but Freeman this week uh, I think has a nice bounce-back game as the lead ahead of Latavius Murray. And again, we already broke down the wide receiver core. I don't want to play the Ravens' defense. I know the Steelers is tempting to play defense against them, but it didn't work out for the Ravens against the Browns. I know the Ravens had some interceptions of Matthew Stafford last week, but again, I like Roethlisberger to play well. Both the offenses to perform pretty well and clean. But the Steelers have a little bit more up, upside to make some plays defensively here because of the sacks and uh, turnovers available in this game on the road. I actually do like the Ravens to win this game, uh, but that means there's going to be some offense, and that helps both teams here produce. So that's what you want, two good teams that are a little bit underachieving, but you know have to be competitive in game. That's what you get to here. I do like the Ravens to win, but the Steelers to cover here, 42, is the over-under in 5.5 with that spread. All right, that's breaking down the first half of games here on the Week 18 schedule from a fantasy football and gambling perspective. We will uh, look at the second half of games there on Matchup Thursday, naturally, as we always do. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available to you on all platforms, just like this show. This show has been Locked On Fantasy Football. Have a great day, and we'll catch you tomorrow to break down the back half of games here. Week 18, almost here, end of the regular season, 2021-2022.